What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Super Bowl Mailbag. We are uh, nine sleeps away. Eight, I don't know what the number is. I don't know why people call them sleeps. Who calls it that? People call it all the time. It's like seven sleep, one more sleep until the Super Bowl. Half a fortnight's what I say. You must hang out with a lot of uh, like college-age girls. It sounds like something they would say. Right. Nobody exactly. says sleeps. Maybe I do. At, at the tellies, <laughs> go to the tellies and find out about it. Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me to break to do the mailbag Super Friends mailbag. Leave a five star review if you want. We will be doing mailbags all off season, so if you're looking for stuff to break down, uh, or, you, or you're looking for us to break something down, you want to ask us any question. It can be football related, not football related, whatever it is. You got an idea? You want to know about us fighting like sharks or or turtles, whatever it is? How many cats is Breach own? We'll tell you. Parenting advice, beers to drink. You let us know. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and we will answer your question. In the feed right now, we have a Coaching Cycle Winners and Losers podcast. Um, and uh, we're going to turn, turn actually, the feed over to a broadcasting legend this weekend. It's maybe the first time in Pick 6 podcast history that we're turning it over to somebody outside the CBSSports.com realm. It's not Pete Briscoe. Leslie Visser, Leslie, the Leslie Visser is going to interview Marcus Allen about his famous run in the Raiders Super Bowl 18 victory. You will not want to miss it. So make sure and download that show. Mrs. Visser, the same courtesy that you would for us. If you listen to the podcast, hit that download button and, uh, and fire it up while you're doing things for the, for the good of the podcast. Don't miss out on the chance to win a million bucks. And you can do that by watching. And preparing for the biggest sporting spectacle of the year. We know everyone loves making their picks, no matter if you're a diehard fan or just tuning in for the big game. So we think you'll love this shot. Enter the CBS Sports football props game for your chance to compete for the $1 million jackpot. That's right, $1 million if you correctly answer all of the questions. And a guaranteed $50,000 to the winner of this contest. So if you win the contest, fifty grand. If you win the contest, you answer all the questions, a $1 million. You can win that money without risking a single thing. Football props is free to play. Just visit cbssports.com slash props or download the CBS Sports app to enter. The link is in the description of the podcast. Okay. Now that's all the way. You want a fun Leslie Visser story real quick? Sure. I randomly ran into Leslie Visser at an airport in London of all places in the world. Uh, at the Red Sox and Yankees, I believe we're playing a game there. I also ran into Alex Rodriguez on that trip. Very, very random. Uh, getting off the airport and I see, uh, I'll show a picture of people watching the video. I did not. There take it is, it. Debo. Debo called it. Oh my God. That's Wait. not Leslie Visser, by the way. That's, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's her driver. I didn't want to take a picture of her. That would be a little too weird. I should have gotten introduced myself, but I was with my you family. Were you at CBS at the time? Yeah. I was, hello? I was with my family. It was crowded. It was at Heathrow Airport. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you know, it was just a little too much commotion going on. By um, the way, um, stalking isn't random breach. There, there's a, that's why I didn't take a picture of it. That's, that wasn't, it's not stalking. I just thought it was, I did that with Ed Reed in the Atlanta airport. You know, the, the, the area. Yeah, where thank you, all, Brinson. All the terminals conversion. I was like, I was like, Oh, Ed Reed. He was like, Oh my God. I was like, what's up, man? I work for CBS. He's like, uh, oh, just. Like a five-second interaction, but it was like, 
Yes. We're going to talk about uh, some of the Super Bowls that we like, but me and Brenton were sitting at the airport after the New Orleans Super Bowl in New Orleans, and we saw David Koechner, who we talked to for a bit during the Super Bowl. We saw Gary Payton, the glove, walk by. We saw Anthony Anderson all sitting with all the other schlubs waiting to get on the plane. And Koechner was like, CBS, what's up? Yeah, he had his little his little uh, hipster hat on. Um, I it's pretty crazy you can run into at the airport. What's that? That's crazy you can run into at the airport. Right, I guess so. We didn't go. We didn't go accost them and get a bunch of selfie subreach. That's the difference. And then take a selfie, Ryan. There's no selfies. You took a picture. You're of just a jealous because you didn't run into Leslie Visser at the airport. You took a picture Maybe. of a heavyset man with a Leslie Visser. Uh, and and then I ran party. into a Rod at Buckingham Palace. It was quite the trip. And you actually have a photo of that too, don't you? I, I do have a photo of that. I one. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ask a Rod for a picture? Uh, no, I just took one of a Rod because there were hundreds of people around him, and he wouldn't have known. Let's see. Do they know who he was? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, in a, a couple from England, came, it was two women. They were friends. They came up to me and they wanted to know why people were surrounding them. And my brother's like, that's JLo's wife, our husband. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> and way. they that's, started cracking and they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. JLo's wife. There he uh, is looking there. guilty. <laughs> Incredible from breach there. Incredible journalistic chops, John Breach. Ran- random celebrity run-ins all the time. You truly never disappoint. All right. Let's get into uh, the mailbag, shall we? Shall we? We shall. We shall. Okay. So we start off, of course, with a mailbag from uh, or mailbag question from Apple Podcast. This is mmart6767. Best pod out there, football or otherwise. Hello. I never expected to wake up looking forward to hearing Will Brinson's voice every day. But here we are. But this mm-hmm. podcast has become a staple of my morning commute. Super Friends are easily the best episodes available, but the rest of the week is entertaining as well. With the Brady Quinn football show, NFL gambling advice in the emergency podcast. These guys talk football like you and your friends do and literally dunk on each other when one makes a stupid comment or take. Also, the fat Randy sound should be used just as often as the Dickie V sound when Breach gets dunked on. I thought that too. And I usually mean to hit it, but it's sort of, um, this is a- or anytime I make a bad point, like, oh, his point missed. It was not good. You can almost cut the sound of Fat Randy's foot hitting the leather <laughs> off of it and just go straight to Kevin Harlan with, oh, he missed. Boy, we're definitely, we're getting Kevin Harlan and Dickie V on. Randy Bullock point. minding his own business. Now he's known as Fat Randy for missing an extra point or a short field goal, whatever that was in week one. That wasn't us who named him Fat Randy, but yes. Um, I agree though. Well, I'll, we'll, I'll make a better effort to do that when Breach gets dunked on. Mailbag question. Aaron Rodgers from a pure talent perspective, arm strength, accuracy, mobility, and ability to read defenses is probably the best quarterback of his era. With an 11 and 8 playoff record, one NFC championship and one Super Bowl, could his Packer career be considered a disappointment if he is not in Green Bay next season? To be clear, I think Rodgers is incredible at football. And I'm wondering if years from now, when he retires, if his talent threshold yielding limited playoff success isn't what we remember about him. Similar to how your first thought about Marino is best QB with no Super Bowl wins. So I think the question is, uh, breach. If Matt LaFleur, your doppelganger, kicks Rodgers to the curb this offseason, is Aaron Rodgers' Packer career a disappointment? You know, the only reason I got this haircut was so that I could be LaFleur's doppelganger because I thought the Packers were going to go to the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady and the Buccaneers threw a wrench in that one. I will say, look, 
Aaron Rodgers, his overall career, not a disappointment. He is a surefire Hall of Famer. But when you have a surefire Hall of Famer on your team as your starting quarterback for 13 seasons and you only win one Super Bowl, I think it's fair to call that a disappointment. I, I don't think that that's crazy. Uh, and I think the same can be said for Drew Brees and the Saints. You look at who are the best quarterbacks in NFL history. It all comes down to how many Super Bowls did you win. And I, I do think that we all three will probably agree that over the uh, Aaron Rodgers from 2009 to 2016 or 17 was talent wise, the best quarterback in the NFL. And for him to go to what well, he's been a four NFC title game now straight uh, that he's lost is that, I think, is it Seahawks, five? Falcons, 49ers and the Buccaneers. That's four. He's been to five, but he's lost four of them. He beat the bears in 2010. Yeah. He's been to five. He's one and four. Yeah. Right. And he's lost four in a row. And that, and the Bears one was, uh, and Cutler was hurt. Cutler got so hurt. So you're talking know. about, I would say that's a disappointment. Um, he hasn't even been back to the Super Bowl, let alone winning just one. Uh, so it, it's tough when you think about where to put Rodgers on your pantheon of great quarterbacks. You know, you'd love to say talent wise, he's top three, but then, you don't have the Super Bowls to back it up. So can you even put ahead of a guy like Brady? So I think the Rodgers debate down the line, the legacy question with Rodgers will be an interesting debate to have once he decides to retire, if he's done in Green Bay and only wins one Super Bowl with them. Yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, there's no taking away from how good he is and how, I mean, he's one of the best players ever. But 11-8 and is slightly better than average, and you feel like a lot of wasted opportunity. It's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. He typically plays really well in big games. But he, it, for whatever reason, either bad luck the way the other team is playing or not having all the players around him. I mean, I do feel like the lack of a number two receiver eventually caught up with him, and we saw that. Uh, we also saw that the offensive line, after losing David Bakhtari, caused him to take a few hits that he didn't typically take during the season, and that caught up with him. But his breach notes, he's been to one Super Bowl. Russell Wilson's been to two, I think. Um, Mahomes is going to go to two right now, and they're 35 and 25 or whatever they are. So... Actually, is Russ 35? Russ isn't 35. What is he? No, he's in his early 30s. Yeah, he's early 30s. So, um, yeah. Bro, he was t- like 28 when he got drafted. He, t- he turned 32 in November. Okay. okay. So compared, compared to, to, you know, younger quarterbacks who are also franchise quarterbacks who were probably going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, it doesn't stack up. Uh, again, I think Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. I'd love to have him on my team, so on and so forth. But drafted in 2005, didn't take over the starting role to 2008, I think. And one Super Bowl appearance, appearance, not even going to the games. Roethlisberger's been to three Super Bowls, won two of them. So he's, yeah, you would expect more. And if you really want to get, I mean, this is kind of nitpicking, I suppose, because they they were had a two score, one score lead. I mean, they, they led the entire game, but no Jay Cutler against the Bears. And it was 21-14. I mean, Earl Bennett catches that touchdown pass from Caleb Haney with 4.43 left. Caleb Haney. <laughs> Rodgers in that game was 17 of 30 for 244 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. It was terrible. We all remember that Atlanta game, the you know the Eagles game, the Atlanta game, where he went scorched earth on those teams. And and then, of course, Super Bowl, where he was incredible. But he was awful yeah, in that NFC Championship game. Steelers. And if you And if you miss, if you miss that Super Bowl – I mean, like, he's, like, dangerously close to a Dan Marino career. Not dangerously. He is smack dab in the middle of it. And he, and he wasn't as prolific as Dan Marino, if we're being honest about it, given the there. Now, someone pointed out to me on Twitter, 
Uh, since the Seahawks scored in overtime to beat, you know, the Packers blew that 19 to seven lead in the NFC title game. Since the Seahawks scored in overtime to win that game, the Packers haven't even held a lead in an NFC championship game and they've played in three of them. That's pretty crazy. Let me put you this way. 2010, they go to Super Bowl and win it. And I said, okay, next 11 seasons, how many Super Bowls will the Packers go to? I'm getting, I'm guessing no one's saying zero. Just go to not win. Right. I would have said four. That seems reasonable. Or maybe three. I think three. I think over under three and a half. And, and you, you would lost. probably take the under, but you wouldn't want to take, the, you wouldn't want to fade Aaron Rodgers in that spot. And he, right. he was close to it. I mean, so just looking back at the, like after that, after that Super Bowl win, they lose to, they got blown out by Eli Manning, the eventual Super Bowl champion Giants as a 15 and one team at home. And on, that in, was the uh, game where Tom Coughlin's face turned purple. Correct. Uh, they beat the Vikings the following year in the playoffs, and then they run into the buzzsaw that is Colin Kaepernick and the read option following the 2012 uh, season. Then they lose again the following year to San Francisco. And at that point, people were like, all right, Mike McCarthy. I remember Mike McCarthy went down to like Texas A&M after 2000, after the 2013 year. To like get, work with Kevin Sumlin on like defending the read option or something ridiculous like that. Like that was every, all the, all the coaches were looking at how to defend the read option. Um, the following year after that, 2014 is the, uh, the loss to the Seahawks in that, in that championship game up 19 to seven with two and a half minutes left. Yep. They lose. They beat Washington and Kirk Cousins the year after that in the first round of the playoffs, but then lose to, uh, I guess Carson Palmer. Right? Carson Palmer. That's but that was Aaron the division Rogers Hail Mary game. Oh God, that's right. Where McCarthy could have gone for two after the Hail Mary, but said kicked the extra point and went to overtime. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that was a crazy game. They they sneak past Dallas with that incredible play um, the following year, but then they run into Matt Ryan and the, and the Falcons and get bludgeoned in the NFC Championship game. They go. They lose again to San Francisco last year. Just get absolutely bludgeoned in 2019. And then this year they, they kind of gagged against Tampa Bay in what maybe was Rogers last and best shot. Now I think they'll have a chance to get back next year if he, if he returns, but I agree a hundred percent that if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay with only one Super Bowl appearance, that you have to consider it a painful disappointment in the and same it, sense that Drew Brees. I mean, I think Drew Brees, Drew Brees would never say my career sucked, but if you ask him, what do you think about having one Super Bowl? He would say, you know, that Super Bowl is great. We changed, we changed a lot about New Orleans and a lot about the, this organization, but I'm disappointed we didn't get another one. I mean, he would tell you that in a moment of honesty. And I think one crazy thing about Rodgers, we mentioned his nine playoff losses is that four of them came on the last play of the game with no, like it was the final play of the game. Uh, I think there was three in overtime, two of them to the Cardinals in overtime because they lost that crazy, crazy, crazy game. In the 2009 season, the shootout with Arizona, the final score is 51 to 45. Rogers threw for 423 yards and four touchdowns and lost because Kurt Warner threw five touchdown passes. Yeah. Like that's, that's just bonkers. So he lost two games to the Cardinals in overtime, a game to the Seahawks. And then one of those 49ers losses was on a uh, field goal with no time left. So he's four losses where he lost literally on the final play of the game. And to that point, this is not saying that Aaron Rodgers is a disappointment, but that Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay is disappointing. And that can be disappointing because of luck, because of mistakes made by coaches, because of turnovers. But for the most part, it's it's the, it's the like bad luck and bad coaching decisions. 
and that and or or the people around him not stepping up and making uh you know big plays. Okay. Josh Leggett asked on Twitter. You can tweet at Pod if you have a question too, if you don't want to leave a review, but we prefer the reviews for to go to the podcast. Should the NFL build a purpose a a should the NFL build a neutral stadium to host Super Bowl games, Super Bowl games in? Just a Super Bowl stadium. Hmm. Interesting question. Much more relevant question in uh twenty twenty one with the pandemic rolling, Ryan. Who's paying for it is my first question. Jerry Jones. Yes, then we should build one. Where would you build it? Number two. Where do you want it? Hawaii. Bring? What if what if we build it along the border of uh Texas and Mexico? <laughs> and like shape it like a wall? <laughs> Just right. a straight line. Yeah. Um no, you can't have it in Hawaii. That's too difficult. And then Mexico to can to. build it. Why can't you have it in Hawaii? And honestly, I do think, Ryan, uh that a city would pay for it if they knew it was gonna host the Super Bowl every year because you would eventually make a return on that investment. Unlike uh, a stadium is only used, you know, they talk about hundreds of million dollar impact. Even if that's incorrect, and it's only a $50 million impact. If you're hosting it every year, you're getting, you know, that adds up. Yeah. I, I think it has to be somewhere more centrally located though. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. So they'll have one stadium in that town. Uh, yeah. Hawaii is just too difficult. I mean, it's already difficult enough for, for fans to go who are just middle class fans and don't have a lot of money. If you're just going to sell them out and go all in on, on corporate sponsors, that's fine. But I mean, if not, there's not, have you seen the price of Super Bowl tickets? The cheapest ones are $7,000 right now. I don't think the NFL is worried about pricing people out. No, they're not worried about it, but I'm thinking about those people, Breach. I'm sorry that you're Mr. Corporate Big Pants. I'm worried about Somebody's got to back the hedge fund people, Ryan. (laughs) If if you don't speak up for them, who will? How are they going to vacation in the Hamptons without? (laughs) Well, it's, well, someone think of the hedge fund managers. Here's the but thing: if though. you do build a stadium, it's got to be in a warm weather city. That's right. That I mean, Hawaii on that in that regard That's, makes sense. And also, there's not like you can't build another stadium in Arizona. That'd be stupid. You don't need to build another eighty thousand seat stadium next door to the the one of the Cardinals playing. Just use that. L.A. doesn't make sense. San Diego maybe. Like San Ooh, Diego, could be San Diego would be fun. They don't have that. No NFL they don't team. Have a stadium. And then build they a new a stadium. Yeah. That's it. That's the answer. There you yeah. go, San Diego. The only problem with that is with building a football stadium in San Diego where we would get to go to, Brinson, what's the problem? Yes, Breach, there are problems. Well, first of all, the Hawaii thing is the problem because like you, you, the Super Bowl is way better when there's tons of fans and things are crazy. Like you can't, you can, you can't box everybody out. Um, the, the biggest problem with building a stadium in San Diego just for the Super Bowl is that you eliminate New York, or you, it's not New York, New Orleans from the Super Bowl rotation. Well, that's, yeah, if you build one place, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm saying that not having a Super Bowl in New Orleans is a crime against humanity. Yeah. New Orleans well, could be the place it's, it is every year. But if we're also, going to have a Vegas Super Bowl, which is something we want. Oh we're, yeah. I forgot about Vegas. If we're working too. from the premise that we're going to just have a designated city. San Diego makes sense because I mean, Vegas just built, can you imagine Vegas building another brand new stadium right next to the one they just built? That's my point. No, you kick the Raiders out, make their stadium the Super Bowl stadium, and have make the Raiders it. go play with the uh, Rams and uh, Chargers in LA. No, no, make it play mean, the if, Jack Murphy Stadium, the San Diego Raiders. <laughs> that, that, they, they tore that down. I mean, if we, if if the if the requirement is that you don't have a real football team playing there, why don't we just build it in Cincinnati? Yeah, there. I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah, you got to cut out the first part because you can't get too excited until you hear, hear Harlan. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I get kind of excited when I hear the kid. It's like, dunk, and you know it's an extra point going around. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think How about we build it in Raleigh? We just build it in Raleigh. I guess. I don't know. That's the sound of me and Wilson disagreeing with you. Yeah. I mean, without the, being me. Charlotte's a couple hours down the road. Charlotte has a football team. Yeah. I think the rotation's better, but if you're going to force me to build, I mean, I wouldn't build it in Nebraska because it's the middle San, of the country. San Diego is the correct answer if you're picking I think so, yeah. a neutral city. Scott Murphy on Twitter says, what should be the main focus for Kansas City's defense against Tampa Bay? Get after Tommy. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. If you look at how anybody's beaten Tom Brady, it's a Super Bowl. It's you put a lot of pressure on him, make him think quickly, uh, and that's when he makes mistakes. I mean, we saw him start to do it against the Packers, where in Bruce Arians' offense, he loves to go deep, and uh, that's how you end up throwing three interceptions if you're Tom Brady, I think also trying to take Mike Evans out of the game. I feel like sometimes Brady gets a little, you know, we don't know if Antonio Brown's going to play, but Brady kind of starts to zone in on people. And I feel like he's kind of been just targeting Mike Evans a lot and just make him go somewhere else. But yeah, I think Ryan, you hit the nail on the head. Pressure I know it's lazy to say, Chris Jones. I know it's lazy to say, uh, yeah, just sack the quarterback. But here's the thing, like, um, Josh Allen was number one against the blitz this year. And I think Patrick Mahomes is number two. You don't want to blitz Patrick Mahomes, but I think you do on, on, on the occasion want to want to blitz Tom Brady. Um, by the way, anyone on the same page with, with Scotty Miller that he's the fastest person in the NFL? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but you just made, you just made Tyree Kill very mad. Um, right. Oh, I had this, oh, gosh darn it. I had this queued up for. Let's see. Debo wants to go to break, so do that and mind it. Okay. Well, I was just going to say <laughs> that uh, there were six quarterback knockdowns by the Chiefs the last time they played, and a bunch of hurries. And my, my point being is that you got to get pressure with four, and you got to get interior pressure against Tom Brady. And if you can do that, it, what's that? Oh, Brady only got mind. sacked once in the first meeting, but he did throw two interceptions. Yeah. I, I think he was, I think he was, it, the problem is it sorts pressures by, and actually Tampa got a ton. And he one. went three of nine targeting Mike Evans. Although two of those three catches were touchdowns. It's, it sorts it by both teams, which is kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. So 10 quarterback pressures by Kansas City against Tom Brady in that game. Mm. In other words, he was like, it's not, it's not, you don't need to just look at quarterback sacks. You know, see how much he was pressured. And if he's chunking it up and he's throwing it away, then that's a, that's a good spot to be in. So I, mean, I think that's, that's the answer. That's the bottom line answer because you have guys in the back end like a Juan Thornhill, uh, obviously the honey badger who can, who can create turnovers. So pressure him with four interior pressure and make him chase. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, more mailbag. Hell bug. Nice breach. <laughs> you can join Facebook, join fa- the Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook, don't show up now. Join Facebook, join the Facebook group to be a part of the Pick Six Podcast community. Facebook.com slash group slash pick six pod. We got a bunch of questions from there. From Joseph, Joseph Wager. <laughs> if you could bet 50 bucks before the season on Chiefs to win it all, pays 375. Oh, so he, he bet $50 on before the season on the Chiefs to win it all, it pays 375. Would you throw some money on the Bucks money line to ensure you end up ahead? If so, how much? I'm seeing plus 152 on my local. The answer, Ryan. Ryan, do you like to lose money or do you like to guarantee that you win money? I like winning money typically. 
Me too. I think that I would absolutely hedge because you're, this is, this is where you want to be. This is all you can ask for when you make, like all you can hope for when you make a preseason Super Bowl bet is that you have, first of all, selected one of the teams that makes the Super Bowl. It's always good. And secondly, that you have selected the favorite to make the Super Bowl because it gives you the hedge out opportunity. Um, so if it's me, I am taking the plus 152 and I am going to bet, I think I'm going to bet whatever makes me $50 on it. You don't make more so, than what you put down, don't you? Yeah, but then you just break even. But the question is, if you have live betting available, you could then get greedy if the Chiefs score first and splash another like 25 down on the Bucks at like plus 250. Well, here's my thing. Like break even, you're losing money because you could just put that money in the bank and make more money on interest six months later. I mean, you're gambling presumably because you like risk. So I understand you hedging your bets and, and guaranteeing you something, but I don't think you want to break even as the starting point. Well, I think Brinson's not saying break even. Break even as far as you win an equal amount of money, whether the Buccaneers win or whether the Chiefs win, because he's in okay. a spot where he's going to win money. Uh, now, here is my story. When I was in the exact same situation, the Broncos for Super Bowl Fifty. But so the Broncos were dogs. That's true, which made it a little bit different. So I bet a hundred dollars on the Broncos to win Super Bowl Fifty in the preseason at eleven to one odds. So the hundred dollar bet was going to profit eleven hundred, but pay out twelve hundred because you get your hundred back. And uh, so I happened to be in Las Vegas the weekend before the game because there was no for mobile work. gambling back for Super Bowl for work. And I was like, woof, do I hedge the bet or it's $1,100. I can make a, but I have to bet a good amount in the Panthers because they were favored. So I couldn't decide what I was going to do. I had two buddies show up uh, for the last two nights of my trip. And I told them my situation. We're talking about it. We get drunk and they start calling me names and they say I'm a wuss if I hedge, but use slightly more vulgar terms. So I ended up betting a hundred more dollars on the Broncos to win. You're double down on, oh. on the money line. On the money oh. line. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, worked out. My plan was the hedge too. When I got to Vegas, the plan was the hedge. My friends talked me out of it. Uh, and when I left, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't hedge. Cause there's no way for me to bet unless I did it illegally. And I didn't want to do that. Um, and you know what we Broncos- call that? We, we have a, we call that a Joey T. Cause Joe Taylor, this guy I went to college with, love Joe Taylor. He in, uh, back in, was it 2001 or two when Rory Wounds was with Kansas? He bet it was whatever, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony's freshman year. He bet on, Car- he bet on the 03. Yeah. He bet on, thank you, Ryan. Syracuse guy. He bet on Syracuse to win it all before the tournament or maybe even before the season. And then they go up against Kansas in the finals and we're like, yo, are you going to hedge out of this? He's like, uh, I'm putting more on Syracuse. And we, so we call that a Joey T when it's like a reverse, it's a reverse hedge where you're like, nah, I'm so confident this I'm double down that breach. I'm impressed at your friends who talked you into that. They talked me into it. And you know what? The more, so when you're only betting $50, you know, you want to win some. And so this guy's in a spot where he can win probably 175 no matter what yeah. at this point. Um, which, you know, that's a great return on your investment. You're winning three and a half, more than three times your money. Uh, so it really just comes down to if you're okay, if I were him and if you think the chiefs are going to win, I do what Brinson said to start this. I wait it out. I wait. And this is only if you have access to live betting Yeah. and if the chiefs score the first touchdown or the chiefs go up at any point in the first half, the Buccaneers money line is going to just shoot up. It is going to shoot up 
And then if it goes to plus 250, you could put like $50 on it and all of a sudden yeah. you're going to win $125. Uh, yeah. So, so well, so the, the, you can also, for anybody who has this issue going on, you can Google, uh, the action network has a hedge calculator that is free for anybody to use. So you can, mm. you can Google it. Yeah. Or you can, I think you just go to action network. It's under, like it's somewhere in there. They, they also have a bunch of little tools for that stuff, which is smart. So if you put 50 down on 375 and your hedge odds are 152, the hedge calculator suggests putting 9425, um, which is gives you a payout of 23750 if the Chiefs win and a payout of 9325 if the uh, Buccaneers win. So you can guarantee that you will make at least $93. But obviously you're, you're costing yourself that that's where the live betting component would come in is that you can get better odds for less money. And then also if the chiefs get up two scores, the, the thing I would so if the chiefs are up 10, nothing, the Buccaneers are gonna be like plus 14 live. So if you could bet on the bucks plus 14 live, that's what I would be doing. Cause then there's a really good chance that you can hit a window and get both bets. Cause like if, if Tampa Bay closes it, it loses by three. You're winning the plus 14 bet and you're winning your chief Super Bowl bet. And so that's how, that's how I would handle that particular outcome or just let it ride and win the 375. Yep. There you go. If you're sure of it, if you need money right now, then hedge it, take the guaranteed money. It's a hundred dollars. That's nice to have in your pocket. Uh, if you don't need money, then go the live betting route or just let it ride. Who doesn't need money, John? Well, I mean. If you want the spice, if you're watching the game knowing you can win 375, that's a little more dramatic than watching it knowing you're to win 100 no matter who wins. Uh, Randy Neeson asked, best Super Bowl party food that's not wings. I have one. Okay. I absolutely love three-layer dip. Wow. With like, uh, I don't know if it's refried beans or just regular beans, but you have the beans, you have the guacamole. I'm not even crazy about sour cream, but I don't mind it in this. The cheese, the salsa. Um, I don't like black olives, so you can leave those off. Um, but that, that to me is actually much better than wings. Crush that. Uh, I got a crazy one that is not a three layer dip. Cat food. Close. Twinkie hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think they're called corn dogs to the normal person. Oh. <laughs> With the sweet bread instead of, uh, Wait, corn dogs corn? are delicious. They are the best. Wait, snack. Corn dogs? Twinkie dogs? Just bring mini corn dogs. Mini corn dogs. They're like uh, snack uh, size. Mini weenies with a corn I think dog? you mean uh, 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 pups in a bond or whatever you call them. Yeah, pigs in pigs, a blanket. Pigs, pigs in, in a blanket. blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you, what is it called? Sweet, you call them sweet wieners or something like that? Something weird. <laughs> whatever they are. They're delicious. What's that other weird thing you said? Bunny ears for quotes? This guy's a weirdo. Everybody I told you he's does a robot. Bunny ears. Look at that, man. <laughs> bunny ears. Those are delicious. Whether pigs in a blanket, mini corn dogs, or you want to call yeah, those them, they're are delicious. Good. Twinkie hot dogs. Devo drops into Slack here. Never heard of them called Twinkie hot dogs Twinkie or sweet wieners. Never heard of there them. we. Oh, those look delicious. Maybe I did mean Twinkie hot dogs. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, by the way, so I think I think chili is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. obviously. Uh, Blue Apron actually sent me a, a Super Bowl thing that they're doing. A chicken, a chicken like pesto flatbread. You can get it for, it's, a, it's 99 bucks. They partner with Stella Artois. You'll see me tweeting about it, but, um, you can, uh, it's like four meals, like a, a pesto dip and, um, pesto. they had, uh, it's like lettuce cups 
with like little peppers. But it, but it's you know it, you do the hello you do the hello fresh thing right or the blue apron thing. Hello. It comes your comes all the ingredients show up. You don't have to worry about going out and shopping. And there's like a whole full Super Bowl like spread that you can put together. That's and a blue apron ships idea. it to you, which is not a terrible idea in a pandemic. So check. No, out. that's a great marketing opportunity. That that was smart of them. Yeah. I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to remember exactly what the. HelloFresh actually sent me two Heinekens the other day, the new Fangled Heinekens. Really? Joke's on me, non-alcoholic. Oh, that is a joke on you. It is. All right. What's the next question? The next question is. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Nacho Fernandez says, what's the worst bad beat you remember at a Super Bowl bet? Side note, I've been betting on KC Moneyline Live once they go down early in the game since last year's playoffs in Super Bowl. Well, you have made some money, my friend. I repeated it last week for the Bills and planning to do it again if there's a chance at the Super Bowl. Was there I got on I don't bet on I haven't bet since college. But uh was there people lose a lot of money on the interception from Russ Wilson there at the end? Uh oh, I mean well that was a pick'em. So I mean, yeah, it was a yeah, that swung. I don't know what the over-under was. I was that. in Vegas at a sports book for that Super Bowl. What was the over-under? Did they, they hit that? Or I don't remember. I will just, well, uh, not even just the over-under, but just the Seahawks winning the game outright. That was the difference there. And so. What was this? What were people in the sports book on? I think the Patriots were favoring that game, right? It was a pick em. It was a, it was, was a it? Yeah. So yeah. So literally if it was, just, think, it was probably split in the sports book, right? Yeah, it was pretty split. But still, you have like people one side going crazy, one side uh, like crying because when you're in Vegas at a sports book, you obviously bet a ton. You flew to Vegas to bet on the Super Bowl. So people dropping a ton of money. And then the best part is that after the interception, the ball was supposed to be at the one yard line. Uh, and people were like, Oh, we can still get the safety. I'll make all my money back because the safety prop bet is one of the most popular. If there'll be a safety in the game. Oh, there's also a, what will the last score of the game be? And safety is like and 50 the, to one off the charts, yeah. off the charts. And so people bet that too. And then the Seahawks got penalized and it moved the ball from the one yard line oh, out there. Like, they lost their minds and it moved it like 15 yards. Yeah, absolutely that. lost their minds. And then, and then people were like doing the Seahawks because the interception and because of this, the no safety because of the, it was hilarious, but it was yeah. crazy. Uh, as Debo points out in our, to us that the, the over under was not in play there because mm-hmm. they'd already hit the over in that game. Uh, um, points. Brenton, I'll hop in. I, I want to shout out something from last year. Patrick Mahomes. Rushing yards, clearly over. He was 10 yards oh, over. This is a bad one. He this kneels down three straight times, and a lot of us had that bet. We were kind of wrapping things up, looking forward to go down to the locker room. <laughs> you think it's in the bag. You said it on the podcast afterwards, like two hours later. You know, Patrick Mahomes disastrously goes under, and I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's over. Oh, no, you found out you, on the podcast. You broke the news to me, and I, like, checked my account as we're outside Hard Rock Stadium, but personally, <laughs> for me, that was that was rough, so I'm discouraging people. I, I, You know, I think the Chiefs have a good shot this year. Don't take Patrick Mahomes, because whatever it is, at the end of the game, if they have a shot, he's going to kneel down, and, and he goes back far on those kneel downs. Well, and Because no, the deal was, they the amount of time left, he was trying to make sure they could right. take three knees. So you do the thing where you like kind of get down, but like scurry back a couple of yards. And all of a sudden you've lost eight yards on three dropbacks and you went from, you know, 25 rushing yards. You don't think you can lose it to 17 and you did lose it. It was rough. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel one- like it, in recent history that people probably bet on Falcons Patriots because the Falcons were three point underdogs the team you bet on is up 28 to three and they're a three point underdog. 
you feel pretty confident that one's going to pay out. You're probably already spending your winnings, and then all of a sudden uh, they give up 31 straight points and lose. I, th- I want to say that I bet. I don't think I. I don't think I could live bet. From the, from the stadium. Um, I had the Falcons in that game and I had the over and it ended up, it was going to be like a crazy profitable Super Bowl if, if, if Brady just doesn't win. I want to say I bet like the second half or something. I've got some sort of hedge in there where it's like this is, I knew you could tell it was going sideways, you know? Yeah. Um, the I'll worst, next to you. yeah, the worst bad beat. I don't know if this counts as a bad beat, but this one, this one stung. So in 2006, January 2007, I bet on Devin Hester at 40 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. And he houses the opening kickoff for the Bears. Mm-hmm. And so you're thinking, you're like, this is in the back. Like the Bears win this is in the back. And then Peyton Manning pulls off the win. So that was, that one was kind of tough because I felt like I was going to hit a 40 to one Super Bowl MVP. That's not necessarily a bad beat. Get your hopes up early. The Falcons would be my worst bad beat of the Super Bowl, I think. Cause I was all, I was all in on the Eagles against the Patriots. That was good. Obviously, I, I think I had the, oh, I had the Ram, I had the Rams over the Pats in 2000. That was bad, but that wasn't a bad, you didn't ever felt like that was going to be close. It was just a tough to, tough to lose. Uh, all right. Moving along. And Pama Badami wants to know if you were at the Super Bowl blackout and Ryan and I were. What was your quote in the moment reaction? Fun story. John Breach is only on this podcast because of the Super Bowl blackout, which is why many people at CBS believe that he was the one who caused the blackout. Single-handedly. Wasn't Beyonce. Wasn't Beyonce. That's basically how I got my job covering the NFL was thanks to that blackout. Because we, it really was. We were doing a live blog and Ryan and I are live blogging from the stadium. The blackout happens. Obviously the internet goes out. Nobody has internet. You know, the screens are all lit up because you got charged, but we don't, you know, no, we don't, we can't do our live blog. The game is on CBS. Everybody's panicking. And EK, I guess, did he even have you as backup or were you just? I, I was on, I was, so I covered college in 2012 and, uh, this was the 2012 season, but February 2013. And I was actually at my buddy's apartment. He works for ESPN now. I was at my buddy's apartment in San Francisco. Uh, thinking that I probably wouldn't be needed. I was basically on call and, and, you know, write a couple stories. Uh, if things get crazy, all of a sudden the lights go out. I'm getting, uh, these text messages and Slack messages saying, I was campfire, they're not Slack. Yeah, yeah. Slack. Yeah. Saying, Hey, breach, they don't have internet. You have to run our live blog, uh, because it's the Super Bowl and we can't go dark. And like, I've literally never run a live blog in my entire life. And like Brinson said, it's on CBS. So you have all this extra traffic coming in, uh, through the website, through everything. And I just got thrown into the fire. And I envision, I uh, Breach having the same sort of reaction. Cause you know, he was probably eight beers deep. The same reaction <laughs> is when you're, you're driving home with your buddy and you see the blue lights going behind you and you suddenly sober up a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> that was breach once he realized that he had to take over. My reaction in the stadium was like, no one was panicking. It was just like, okay, the lights out, the lights are out. The teams are clearly aren't playing. And like five, 10 minutes later, I'm like it's, it's getting hot in here. Cause you have 70,000 people or whatever in a, in a dome, poorly air conditioned and ventilated. <laughs> The 50, 30 year old, you know, dome stadium. Right. My, I remember getting up 
and I had to use the bathroom, I guess. And I went to use the bathroom and I kind of wanted to see what was going on in the, the main hallway. I remember thinking like, oh, that's crazy. Like a transformer blue, you know, powers out. And that's, this is a first. This is wild. And then it occurred to me, and maybe it didn't occur to me until after we were like done with it. It's like, if, if you're in a, if you're at a sporting event and the power goes out, your first thought should be something very much not good. Yeah. I didn't think about that either. Like your first thought should probably be terrorist situation. Right. Well. Yeah, it, it's, it's not crazy. But that point, it's over. So there's no reason to fight it. Just whatever happens, happens. <laughs> well, you know that happened to me at the New York Super Bowl when it was the um, Seahawks Broncos, and that game was a blowout. And they're like, "If you want to go down to the interview room, leave now, leave now." We have ten minutes left in the game. You get down there, and we're waiting around outside, freezing in these little tents. And they got the TVs on, and we're watching the countdown to the end of the game, so the players can come in for the interviews. And all of a sudden, it's boom, boom. Boom, boom. I was like, ah, New York Super Bowl explosions. And it turns out the, the TV is on a tape delay from the actual game. So it was oh, the fireworks the fire going off from the game, but it scared the crap out of me. And I could, maybe somebody said something to me in New Orleans about like, but also in Miami, didn't we have a giant transformer explosion and people lost electricity at their hotel? Yeah. I think Swimmy and, uh, Bleep and oh, Bleep yeah. and Dubin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, they, they didn't have air conditioning in Miami hotels for a while. So, yeah, that was – um. Oh, and to add to that real quick, I was in San Francisco, like I was saying. So I was watching it with 49ers fans, and they were just – so I'm in a part where everybody's getting tanked, where I'm like, guys, I have to work. And then by the time – I think the game was 20, 21 or 24 to 3. It was a oh, so blowout. you're at a party with – Yes. Hey, people are hammered, and you've got your – Because they're all 49ers fans, because I'm in San Francisco, and this is 49ers Raven. So I'm trying to work while people are – you know, and I got like a beer – on the side of me, he's not pouring me shots. And then all of a sudden, you know, the 49ers slowly get back into it when I'm writing the live blog because the electricity, when it came back on, that's when the 49ers made their comeback and things just got crazy. I, I still to this day don't know how I was did able. we take over the live blog after that or did but you guys started doing uh, things that had to do with the blackout? Like right, 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 right. You're doing the live blog and we were writing about. So breach what? now that, now that it can't possibly affect your employment. Okay. Go ahead. No, I don't think so. How just how drunk were you when you got the call? I told over under eight beers. No, well, I, I was. Come on, I'm I'm on call for a Super Bowl. I don't want to be. No, I drank one beer a quarter, so I just had it sitting, slipping <laughs> off it. I will say that breach when breach is trying. If breach is working, he's not. I can see breach not like breach is not breach is not going to get s canned and try to like write stories. I'm can I tell you about it. the time that I had to do the 49 regions <laughs> for Super Bowl? Well, we're going to get to that. I think that's a future question. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I think it is, too. All right, so uh, Danielle Austin-Rios also know least favorite Super Bowl you've seen and favorite and why. I think we can all agree on the worst we've seen. The Broncos Seahawks? Atlanta is the worst. Broncos Panthers? Seen. The worst the we've seen? The Atlanta game. The, in the oh, Rams and Patriots. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good call. First the of all, it, it took us well, a while to get in. Second of all, the game was straight up. Oh, so days. before you jumped on the Twitch channel the other night, we told the story about the credentials and all that. Oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah. So if anybody's, I don't even know if you heard that as part of the podcast. It's on YouTube. Okay. If you want to go watch it on YouTube, we told the, <laughs> the mess that was the, the story of our credentials. Probably around the two hour mark of that four hour stream. <laughs> no. like, where's Wilson? There, there was only six people left at that point. No one's heard that story. I said, I mean, I was like, I'll, uh, I will tell the story, but I have to get another, I have to get some ice. Um, and by the way, 
Breach, me and Breach saved that Super Bowl. Brent's like to say he saved it, but if we didn't go <laughs> early like we always do, we wouldn't have known. Fair. So, That's a good point. That's right. Um, I always yeah, favorite Super Bowl is Super Bowl 23. That's the one your dad kicked in? My dad kicked in it. Uh, the 49ers won 2016 because Joe Montana threw a touchdown pass with 34 seconds left. Were you there what? or were you watching it at home? I was there. I was at good. Miami. It was at Joe Robbie Stadium, which that's is now Hard favorite? Rock Stadium. No, it's my least favorite. Oh, least favorite. Okay. Oh, oh, right. I was like, that's weird. I was like, that's yeah. cool that you were there for history, but geez, man, your dad lost the Super Bowl. Oh, um, yeah, okay, sad. fair enough. So my favorite would have been the Panthers Super Bowl if they had won. They didn't. That's up there for least favorite too. Cause it was just tough to watch this team. I thought it was definitely going to win. Um, but for my favorite, it's either Super Bowl 49. With the rust interception, Wilson and I were there. We were sweating out this like red eye that Wilson had oh, taught gosh, me to yeah. taking out of there. <laughs> that, that was, I think, I feel like that's the best game that I've ever seen, but I might say my favorite Super Bowl is the Eagles win over the, the, uh, the Patriots because that's I, 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 I didn't get picked, to go to that one. Oh, you weren't that one. I missed that one and I missed the, the Falcons loss too. I was going to say the Falcons is probably my favorite. The Falcons, uh, Patriots. Well, so was, the, the, Tom Brady's jersey got stolen. The, oh, the comeback, the twenty-eight to three comeback. The whole thing was bonkers because they're like searching for who stole his jersey. You have Brady going nuts in the locker room, uh, and then obviously a team came back from a twenty-eight to three deficit and won. So, yeah, I would just say the Eagles won. Like the whole lead up to it, with I was I had picked the Eagles, so like I had picked the Falcons too, and then that was kind of disappointing. But I had picked the Eagles, and I bet on the Eagles, and I was convinced the Eagles would win. It was just like you had the Philly special. And it, the other thing about that one that I like better than some of the ones we've seen recently is that was an open-air press box, and those Eagles fans were so loud. It was exhilarating being in that, in that stadium. I don't like being in a closed-air press box for the Super Bowl. I want to, I want to like feel the, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the press box if it's closed. You, you couldn't leave us fast enough to go to the Miami press box last year. I will say the seats we had out the auxiliary were amazing. Like I, I loved it for the reasons you just pointed out. We were in Miami. Yeah. We were in zone, but we were up high enough. We could see everything. And that play on third and 15, whatever it was, the play that Patrick Mahomes to sting wasp, sting wasp two or whatever. Yeah. You saw it unfold and you still couldn't believe it was completed. Yeah. I, yeah. Miami, the, the press box in Miami is awful. It's like you can't. The view lines are not very good. I I didn't like that. I mean, I like the Super Bowl. I didn't like where we were. I wish I'd been outside. But you know, you got to take the cachet of being the senior NFL writer. Yeah. By the way, the um, press box in. I don't know where your seats were in Atlanta, but I was sitting right next to a vent blowing forty five degree air out of it, and I could only see two thirds of the field. Well, uh, you know what? And Brinson ditched me in Miami to go to his better press box seat, but it worked out because I got to chat with uh, Nick Lachey. Random. You got lost coming out of the bathroom. My personal hero. What? And I also got to chat with, uh, Lee Steinberg, who is Patrick now, Mahomes' agent. And well, your dad's agent. You're, yeah, you're bearing the lead, dummy. It's your dad's agent. He was your first client, right? Okay. No, he, he, they went to school together. He was his first, uh, they worked together putting contracts. The Bengals didn't really, there was no negotiating before the salary cap. It was just oh, he, like he, he submitted the contract for him. <laughs> basically. Uh, Mac Martin wants to know, oh boy. This is, well, we can skip over this one. What's an embarrassing late, an embarrassing story you may not have heard yet to happen to each of you when late night shenanigans happen during Super Bowl week? Well, fortunately, I don't have any, so we'll go to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about my story at the combine. I don't know of any Super Bowl stories. Oh, in the combine, it was the indie Super Bowl. No, no. 
No, that was the oh, it was the Indy Super Bowl. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was the Indy Super Bowl. It wasn't even. We didn't even do anything outrageous. When? We just got drunk, and you're an old man, and you were sick the next. Oh, day. right. The night before, we were in the hotel restaurant bar, and right, I just had too many beers, and I was yeah. just hung over the next morning. Um, but in terms of nightlife, I think um, Brinson probably has some stories he doesn't <laughs> want to share. Devo should probably tell. Give, no, give, we don't look. I mean, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I got. Uh, I went to a. VIP party on a Saturday afternoon before the Miami Super Bowl. And, um, probably should have eaten, uh, put down a bigger base layer of lunch than I did. You're scarfing down some That's a Super Bowl rookie move. <laughs> it was a Super Bowl rookie move. I had like a bar on the way over there. And, uh, in hindsight, deeply regret that because we go out to eat after the party at a, at a nice restaurant, but it was like, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't like a heavy meal that knocks you out. And um, we're drinking a bunch of really nice whiskeys, yada, yada, yada. Go meet up with uh, you guys at the bar. And someone who will remain nameless, me, was hammered, dropped a glass, and gotten sick somewhere. I, don't I actually that. have a running diary of that night if anyone wants to. Um, hey, hey, Diva. Let's, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> I had to walk Brinson back to his hotel room. We left that part out. And I, I had to jump in the the, the, the pool the four morning. times the next morning. But wait, like Rick, even you, shock myself away. Brinson was knocking on his door like someone was going to answer it for him. <laughs> when, mind you, he was the only one staying in this room. And so I was like three rooms down from him. And I went back at the same time because it was getting late. And uh so I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, what the hell is that knocking out there? Like I, so I, I was like, please tell hey! me, please tell me it's not Brinson. And I go out there and he's just sitting there knocking on his door at like midnight. The the screwed up thing is that that in Miami that Super Bowl, I had not been I had not been hungover one day that you entire trip. Like I had like taken it easy, you know, because we had a bunch of HQ responsibilities and video stuff. You don't want to be just obliterated for that, and so. Yeah. So like I had taken it easy the whole week, knowing that we had to, and then Saturday just Go doors down. doors got blown off. And whew. yeah, Breach knows those Saturday nights because again, the New York Super Bowl. That was my first one though. In my defense, that was my first. I one. had the flu. I had to write. Was that forty nine or forty eight? Whatever. Forty eight things about Super Bowl forty eight. Yeah, and we were supposed to split them. You guys were supposed to meet at what like noon? And I yeah, I don't even know. He didn't even answer his text, which is he still does that. So it, it didn't matter whether he was <laughs> sober or not. He doesn't well, there was the media party was Friday night, right? And this was like, and like Brinson was saying, when I have work, I don't, I really like don't like to do any sort of drinking. And so we, same thing with Brinson on that Saturday. It was like Friday at like four. I was done with everything except for the story I had to do with Wilson. And the media party was Friday night. And I was like, all right, you know, what? I've kind of I've laid low this whole week. I am just going to. I've never been to New York. I'm covering my first Super Bowl Friday night. It's going to be my going out night. And I think we went to a bowling alley. I can't remember exactly. You went to see the premiere of that movie, too, the football movie. Draft Day. That was earlier Earlier in the week, though. That was, I actually went with Josh Katzowitz to go see Draft Day, and I got to meet Jennifer Garner and, uh, randomly Ben Affleck or not Ben Affleck, uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Um, but anyway, so I had a ton of fun that Friday night. And so Ryan, I wake up to about, 41 missed text messages probably so probably mad. 48 for super bowl 48 because ryan's texting me each fact as he writes it down it's like 
dude, I'm doing your work for you. Uh, don't bother ever calling me or texting me again. And you don't get a byline on the story. And I was like, I don't want a byline. Thank you. <laughs> don't hate me. Yeah. The issue was that I had the flu all weekend. I was so tired and just like exhausted and I wasn't drinking at all. I was drinking tea that week. So numb nuts breach is having the time of his life and I'm battling through the flu. So there it is. I'm going to put my, my picture of Ryan actually drinking tea. Yeah. Not there kidding. you go. Uh, another fun one was, um, <laughs> you know, I thought of this one because, uh, speaking of the New York Super Bowl. Did you, did you just, you just told the story about him skipping the 4848, right? And he stole my jacket. I forgot to mention that part. Did you mention the part me. about when you were leaving for the train on Sunday or on Monday morning? What did I do? Uh, so <laughs> I think about this because I, I remember that on Tuesday it was Australia Day. Huh. Okay. Do you remember Australia Day? Oh, yeah. So Australia oh, Day yeah. for the New York I know Super where you're Bowl. Going with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a I totally forgot about that. Yeah. A colleague of ours ended up, uh, meeting up with a friend who was in town celebrating because it was Australia Day, which is actually a thing apparently. And if you're yeah. watching on video, you can see Ryan drinking his tea with the foil. Look at that. Handsome. So, um, same and, Ryan. uh, but this colleague, uh, you know, I don't care if he's Brodsky, Matt Brodsky, uh, who's still at CBS. He, um, was hanging out with us for the full Super Bowl. He's doing camera work, partying and all that. He and Breach went big on on Sunday night after the Super Bowl. I forgot about that because I, again, I came back, had to slept for two hours and had to go. Yeah, I had an early flight too. So we had drinks in the lobby and then I went to bed. Yep. Breach, Brodsky and and, uh, Breach were like, we're in New York. We don't have anything to do. Like we don't have to find out till late. Let's hang out. And, uh, and we were done with work. We were both done. We were yeah. like, oh my God, we have nothing to do for the week. And you're in New York City. There's nothing, right, nothing right. wrong with it. No, I'm not, no judgment. But, uh, suffice to say, the next time you saw Wilson was when you gave him a high five as he was leaving the hotel for the train <laughs> station and you guys were walking back in. It was like four, four thirty. Not yeah. even kidding. It was absolutely. But, I mean, like, we, and that's not even like you probably went out for three hours. It's not like you went out for like, 12, you know, 12 hours. Yeah, we weren't up. done. We didn't get back from the stadium and finish everything until like 1 or 1.30. So it yeah. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, and you know, because I booked a late flight, it ended up snowing in New York on Monday. I sat at LaGuardia for eight hours. It was awful. I Yeah, I had to fly to San Jose instead of San Francisco to get home. And my luggage was on a – I didn't see my luggage for like two weeks. So anything <laughs> I got from the Super Bowl didn't get back to like two weeks later. My jacket. Delta gave me like 10,000 miles. Think, yeah, your jacket got lost. Talk to Delta, Ryan. Are there any other good – like crazy late night Super Bowl stories we have. I try not to be up too late, get in trouble. I mean, there was the one time. How do we in, not have something from New Orleans? And New, I mean, this isn't like crazy, but every night in New Orleans, I would always go downstairs and uh, to the pantry at the hotel and get ice cream. And I would, it got so bad. Like night four, I walked past Mary Kay Cabot at like two in the morning <laughs> and I had like two pints of ice cream. I had a spoon behind my ear. This like is Matt embarrassing. Patricia. Sure. And I just, all I said was, don't judge me. I just kept walking. I went back to my hotel and chugged two pints of ice cream at two in the morning. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've got a bunch of like late night fun stories, but typically speaking of the Super Bowl, like it doesn't turn embarrassing except for last year for me anyway. Yeah. I'm trying uh, to think. Um, or like we were walking to the Tenderloin in San Francisco and Prisco was like freaking out. Like we got to turn around. We can't go through here. Oh, that's right. We did that. That we did that. We came back from. God, we got real drunk that weekend. We came back from Giacomo's in New Orleans. Oh, and That's the me, best meal you, I've ever had. Me, you, Katzowitz, EK, and Beasley 
And uh, we got to um, what's the main street called there? Where they all party? Mardi Gras party? Uh, Bourbon Street. We're on Bourbon Street, and those three. Oh, in- you and I ended up in a freaking um. Went to some little speakeasy. Some speakeasy. It was a uh, like an absinthe bar. Yeah, that's what it was. We weren't drinking absinthe, but it was an absinthe bar. The other three went into somewhere else that we won't talk about on a Tuesday night. Um, was Breach with them or no? No. Breach wasn't at that. He was, remember he was doing the. No, I wasn't in New Orleans yet. I didn't get New Orleans. Oh, that's right. All right. So what else? What's next? Last one. Oh, I was seeing, and then there was the one where me and Brinson waited in line to meet Johnny Manziel because he would, he was refusing to talk to the media. <laughs> and you guys so, got yelled at by Prisco and JLC. Oh, yeah, Prisco's like, your journalistic credentials are garbage. You don't know what journalism is. It's like, he would, everyone knows if he was returning. What are you doing? Everyone knows if he's going to come back to the NFL and he was refusing to talk to the media. And we're like, we'll just wait in line and, and ask a question. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. He did not come back to the NFL. Great. Uh, Dylan Hager asked if Brinson and Debo replaced Mahomes and Chris Jones. They flipped that. And Ryan and Breach replaced Tom Brady and Vea, Vita Vea. Who wins the Super Bowl? Well, the first question is who's the quarterback for your team? You I said it was Dewey Debo. Oh, okay. That gives you a better chance. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. I, I do want to point out <laughs> uh, an 18-year age gap of experience between, you know, the two teams. Brinson and I, 18 years younger than – yeah. I mean, you got to figure there's a pretty significant advantage, but I mean, it really comes down to. Well, wait a second, for who? Yeah, oh. but the Chiefs are losing their best player, Mahomes. Bucks are losing Brady. Bucks are seven and nine without Brady last year. Yeah, do you think I can throw less interceptions to Jameis Winston? Absolutely. <laughs> so you're the quarterback. I would think so. Okay. Ryan's Ryan's up there in age. He can't take that many hits. Hey, I was a D1 baseball player. Okay, then Ryan can be the quarterback. Not very good at it, but that's not the point. Currently plays soccer. Breach just lies about marathons. <laughs> I would, I would like to think that me and Breach would take you because you and Debo, because Debo being young and spry, you're, you're the liability. Oh, but it's, it's, if you replace the, I think y'all probably, I think the Bucks are more likely to win if you pull out Tom Brady than the Chiefs are if you pull out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that too. Okay. Now, if, the, if we're doing the like two, spread two would be Buccaneers by one. And by the way, you know what we could do? Make Harrison Bucker the quarterback. Breach could be the kicker. Done and done. Boom. Yeah, we're the we're the Chiefs, dum dum. Oh, Who's Ryan Suckup can play quarterback. Oh! I don't know if he can play quarterback. We needed a uh, we needed the punter for or the... Blaine Gabbert. Who's the Blaine Gabbert versus Chad Henney with? Uh... If if we played if we played two on two football, so it's like you're just you know, got a five count to rush. Me and, and Breach are winning. You got I don't know about that. Debo can't do it by himself. That's Damn. all I'm saying. I, I can get an opening against one of y'all easily. Either post up breach or just kick your leg. Post out. up breach. You're not that much. I was taller than breach. What's the route you're running versus Ryan? I mean, there's a curl route. I'm torching you. <laughs> Who gets torched in a curl route? You do because you're going to fall over and tear your ACL as, as I'm riding around the comeback route. This is the same tactic you tried with, with Blank to try to scare him and then he dusted you in the floor. No, no, no. I think, I think we could win that. Or I'll play quarterback and Debo will be the wide receiver. Because in a two on two, it doesn't matter. That. That could work. What's, what's your vert like these days? You high point net ball over Wilson or Breach? Me? Yeah, you. That's why I'm letting you be the quarterback or the, the wide receiver. Okay. You gotta you, do it all. Yeah. Time, Cause I think you're beating both of these guys on a route. Yeah. He's 20 years younger than right. me. And then I just gotta float the ball up and it's a touchdown. I got I don't five. Know if seconds. you can throw that far. Have you seen Breach is nasty. He bites kneecaps. So the pass rush Definitely. is Definitely. Me fierce. and Dan Campbell would be tight. 
Rich, what's the check-in of what's the yardage if you were to go out tomorrow and throw a football? <laughs> you know, when we said this a year ago, I said forty. Yeah, but now I don't know if Which it's Brinson like dad, always tries this, to push was, up this was before you had a daughter. This was I don't know if dad strength gets mixed in there. Maybe you're yeah, I don't, not like, I feel, as in shape now. I feel less pliable because I, you know, you're holding the baby all the time, so you get a little more go. muscular. He's walking it back. Pod. I'm not walking anything back. We had. I, you know, I, we couldn't do it. There was a pandemic. I, I mean, 35 minimum, but I still think 40. I know. You know what happened? He went out and tried it, and the ball, he threw the ball 27 yards. So he's now <laughs> moonwalking it back. You're not throwing it 35 yards. <laughs> You're, you don't 35, think 35? Maybe. My goodness. Not it was a regulation NFL football? Hell no. Oh my God. I picked one up the other day. You could barely grip that damn thing. Oh, you got like, one back there somewhere? Yeah. That's, um, I'm trying to think if we add this not. One is like, this one is like, is that, that's a Rawlings football. This is a regulation. Now this one is easy because it's, Rawlings. it's deflated Tom Brady levels. But that is an official football. Yeah. In fact, uh, we didn't make any deal about how the ball had to be inflated or deflated. What, what have you done? The, well, if it's uh, deflated, the, you're not throwing it as far. Have you done the hand size test that they give the kids, the college kids breach? Uh, so measure, measure pinky to thumb and see how big your hands are when you get a there, chance and we'll revisit. There's 0% chance you throw it at 35 yards. If uh, he has 10 inch hands, he can do it, but he yeah, has I think 35. Jared Goff doesn't have 10 inch hands and he can. He, I can he, buy he 35. Just said they don't want him. Jared Goff is, Deebo, I got Jared Goff has only spent his entire life training as a quarterback. Debo's a former on my side now. overall pick. Like, it sounds know. like over under is 35 here. 35, you should want, be able to I want, it. I want someone to open up an on, I would need somebody with Un, I mean, the amount of action I'll take on under is absolutely unlimited. No, 30, including... 35 is like, cause last year was 45. He walked it back to 40. No, no, it's it. always been 40. It has always been, Brenton has tried to change a number during conversation. Number has always been 40. You can't throw up 40. I didn't I think you could throw up 40 last year. You can't throw up 40. But you think I can throw 35? It, that's getting close. But Brenton actually might be something. You might be under 35. We'll find no, out. No, you can, you can throw a 35. Wilson, you're on my team, man. Do you want to win or not? No, I'm, I'm being real. What's, <laughs> what's the outcome if you replace me with Prisco and it, it's Brinson and Prisco? Prisco's team loses. Oh, God. Yeah. Prisco's just trying to hurt people. He's taking, he is taking out knees. But Pris, is Prisco a better athlete than you, Brinson, at this point in the proceedings? Uh, probably not. I think there's a decent chance that Breach could, like, won't throw it 20 yards. Are you are you kidding me? I would bet you any amount of money you want right now on twenty yards. I would take the all amount of money. So I would take the all. I would take the alt unders on thirty five. Like if I can get like under twenty at like like ten to one, I'm taking that for sure. Not for any amount of money. I'm just saying I'm taking a windy day. I could ten mile an hour wind at my back. Seventy six point eight percent of the people don't believe you can throw the ball forty yards in the air. Yeah, but that means twenty four point two think I can. Think about that, Wilson. Or uh, 75.8, sorry. Yeah. This, I mean, just Googling, it's like, how, how far can yeah, the average person throw a football? I don't know which. This, a 13 year old boy with a medium arm strength should be able to throw the ball 22 yards. <laughs> well, Breach is, he's um, 38. <laughs> I mean, I think a 13 year old's stronger than Breach. No. More athletic. Who was like a, uh, my son's 13 and he's taller than Breach and he's, you know, he's in better shape than Breach because he's 13, but he ain't throwing football that far. I'm just saying, if you think, like, Breach is tacking on 13 extra yards at his age with I think no practice. 40, 
I think 34, 33 and a half. I will say this, that the 34 and a half, 34 and a half is the over under. I mean, I'm hammering the under, but I'm a little nervous that Breach just catches one and all of a sudden he can throw at 35. And the other thing I'm going to say is there part of it that plays into it is knowing how to throw football. Like we've seen Darren Ravel, he does not, he doesn't know how to throw football, you know, (laughs) And, and, and we laugh at it when he winds up and you wonder how it's even going to go forward. And so there is something to be said for knowing how to throw football. That's an extra yeah, no five yards right there. Of course you have to know how to throw a football. That's like saying it's important to know how to fly a plane so you don't crash it. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't say. You're not just like, you're not just picking up an object and be like, and like hoping it goes 35 Well, yards. I'm just saying that I know how to grip, throw a football. grip a football, you have to take some steps. You have to throw it and see how far you can throw it. A regulation NFL, NFL football is not going 35 yards for you. All right. We're gonna have I to do this, this sometime. I can't wait till it finally. This pandemic needs to end just so this can happen. And this uh, two-on-two football game. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, the best out. is gonna be when Debo hits me for a, a game-winning thirty-five-yard touchdown in air yards. I, I want to throw another hypothetical and, and extend it to three-on-three. Yeah. We get it's me, Brinson, and we add people from the Pick Six family. Let's add BMAC, and you guys get Brady Quinn. Ooh, who's, who's winning that? What's the spread? See, that's a good trade. Like, wait, who gets BMAC? Now, having, they do. having Brady is a huge advantage. No, having BMAC is a huge advantage. Not if you, go ahead. Yeah, you, because you if BMAC Brady's on, throwing it, sorry, Wilson, go ahead. Yeah, you put BMAC on whoever our best receiver is, and that's a wrap. It doesn't matter what Brady, unless Brady's <laughs> going to be running. If Brady's running routes against BMAC, then it gets interesting because it is Travis Kelsey versus uh, an NFL cornerback, basically, in terms of being bigger. Yeah, but if you take Brady off a quarterback, that's an insane move. Well, right. So if he's the quarterback, that means us covering you guys, which it's still the same. Like you still have to catch his passes. It's not going to be easy. With but you would have Brady. Him. You would have Brady. I think. We okay, have Brady. Yes. Yeah, same, same would, reverse. I would stay the quarterback. I think B Mac's team would win because you would just hand the ball off to B Mac and he would outrun everyone. So well, Brady would cover B Mac on defense. I don't know. That's working out well for Brady. It ain't working yeah, out think, for anybody. I think, I think BMAC is smoking Brady in that situation. Well, B, uh, Brady ran a 4-7, I think, at the combine back in the day. I mean, BMAC obviously. He had foot surgery like a, like a year ago. I mean, DMAC, BMAC is a DB, you know. I, yeah. I think, I think Debo can float one as far, as far as he wants. And I'm doing like a Welker underneath route thing, just trying to get oh, open. And, um, and it, and I think BMAC is getting underneath it. If Debo can get, if Debo can get it 30 yards down the field. Yeah. That, 20, I mean, I, 34.5 yards of the field. I got, I, I, could. Got, I got 35. <laughs> Me and Brady and Wilson would run the flea flicker. <laughs> we, we would just punt, punt and kick. Yeah, that, that that's a tough one because BMAC is much more versatile and he can neutralize Brady just by covering whoever our best receiver is and then Debo can cover, cover the other guy and then what? Well, then yeah, I guess we would rush. I don't know. We might not even rush anybody. In that situation, what we would do is just put BMAC <laughs> – on Wilson, and you're just smothered. You're not even seeing the light of day. And then Debo and I double team breach and just dare you. you to get open. Or we, or we put maybe like me or Debo running like zone underneath, have like a zone concept with one guy playing zone and then is a robber and then the other two guys playing man to man. I don't think you, you don't overthink it. I think you just put. Not, but I'm just saying like you don't need to rush Brady. I don't need to like count to five, sprint towards Brady and get stuffed into the ground with a, like a forearm. Then he'll that. scramble and then we'll just tell him to scramble the whole time. He scramble if not rush. It might almost what? be better to have like, uh, I know he's not, I know he's not a pick six contributor, but it, it might almost be better to have like Raja and just throw jump balls all day. No, he'd be a beast. Yeah, um, I'm still taking B Max team. Well, we're we're at at it, we need, to, we need to throw Prisco in like JLC in there too. 
Well, we can have an 11 on 11. The opposite of BMAC and Brady. <laughs> let's, let's keep, keep at him. All right. That's the show. Good stuff. Well, uh, of course, I have a, uh, once we all get back to the Super Bowl, we'll have Breach tossing it 28 yards down the field and see. No, listen, we're doing that this summer. I would imagine, hopefully, once the pandemic clears up, we'll all be in Fort Lauderdale in August for the, um, preseason, um, telethon. So I will fly to Raleigh, North Carolina in June. And if I win, Brinson pays for my ticket. I would just show up for three hours, throw the football, and if I lose, <laughs> then it. I'm out for paying for my own ticket, and that's it. How many, the the airport parking lot. How many attempts? How many attempts? I'm just, I'm just picturing. I mean, like you think 35 yards in is like you're standing on the on the on the goal line at Carter Finley, and you're getting it out to the 35. I don't know, man. Like you're sure as hell not getting it out to midfield. No, that's 15 yards difference. I think 40 is – That's a 45-foot difference. I, I have never said anything close to 50. 40 is 30 feet shorter than 50. You're not getting to 40. 35 I think you can get. Okay. How many throws does he get? One. One. What were you saying, Devo? Because that, that adds pressure. I was going to say, like, There's how many – He throws attempts? seven yards. He just comes off as a duck, and it's just a dead duck. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if it's the terms of the bet, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe he gets a 33 and builds up to, like, he could get to 35. Again, I'm I'm leaning towards Breach's side on this one, but if it's one attempt, then that that decreases my likelihood of, of putting my money on Breach. We'll have to write down the details of the deal. If he's If he's got 10 throws to make it happen, give me that. Uh, if I can't do it in three, it's not happening. Cause you know, like there, you get yeah, that. Point. Not, no, no, yeah. If you don't get it the first three, you're done. The point of no return. If you get to like throw six or seven, you're trying to throw as far as you can. Your arm just starts to fall off. So I, I think three would probably maybe five at the most, but no more than five. Okay. That's going to be all crazy. Right. Well, glad I'll see you guys in Raleigh. We're all going to be there. We're going to do a live pick six podcast on Brinson's birthday. All right. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll have some props ready for you coming up on Monday morning. Anything breaks, we will, uh, we'll let you know. We'll have an emergency podcast, but uh, in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. One more weekend of football coming up in a few days. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>